Oh man, something's always cooking at the Quake Reversal Satellite. That is absolutely a factual statement. Progress has been made in numerous ways. Uh, we're going to have the, uh, I guess, official premiere. It's been kind of leaked here and there uh, to make sure that everybody uh, involved in the actual creation and that uh, was uh, sufficiently pleased to uh, make a massive release. But the long-awaited Qualities of a Tolteca Sorcerer Part 6 is complete and in release, uh, at least right now it's on Bandcamp. And as always, all songs by Familiar Foreign Bodies are always 100% free. Uh, you, you can't pay for them even if you wanna. And uh, that that's how that works. Uh, there are other ways of doing commerce, I suppose, with the uh, Nicho Legatura Institute and its varied uh, subdivisions. But uh, there is a free music pledge in place since the beginning. And uh, as I speak here in 2022... I mean, it might behoove you to just go over there and download the whole kit and caboodle. Like I say, it's free. Uh, I don't even think you could pay for it if you wanted to. Uh, and who knows? Maybe someday Bandcamp will disappear. Or uh, for some reason, these uh, recordings will uh, not be free. And you'll have to pay for them in the future. But right now... Oh, yeah, grab them while you got them. Uh, we'll get to that momentarily. Uh, we have the Steve Allen interview with Henry Morgan. And uh, I just wanted to mention, if you go to the Facebook page on YouTube, I actually found somebody posted on YouTube recently a very nice print of the Henry Morgan feature film that I mentioned from 1948 based on a Ring Lardner novel, so this is New York, and you can see the young Henry Morgan uh, at the peak of his powers, his big feature film. And there's some interesting character actors who appear in this, and it's, uh, what, about a 74-minute? It's, it's a less-than-90-minute feature film, so it isn't like you're going to have to invest a lot of time. And you might even want to skip through, skip around, just look at stuff, uh, sightsee through it, uh, just for the sake of your own archival information, as it were. But yes, we are going to have the uh, interview that I uh, warned you about, uh, which should be the uh, pinnacle, the finale of our look and tribute to Henry Morgan, which has happened, if you haven't been listening, over the last two shows, and uh, now this one. And then, as always, who knows what will happen next? Well, I do know you're about to hear. Now, let me give you... Normally, I don't do too much background information on the recording process and all of that, but what I was looking for uh, in producing the backing track for this was really uh, an apocalyptic end of the world. Uh, it's, just, it's the sound you hear just before you die sort of a thing. And uh, I don't know, just something different than the usual 
what we do with uh, uh, what I do with my production and music. Uh, let me know what you think, anyhow. And uh, check this out. Qualities of a Tolteca Sorcerer has to wear the mask of controlled folly with everyone. Can't ever speak the truth to regular people. glass of wine, not for the liquid, but for the shape of the glass. Can't eat round other people for fear of choking. Will never go on the drop zone for fear of losing their energy double on the way down. at night to avoid other people. Walk the streets at night hoping to meet another vampire. Finds humor in listening to other people talk about themselves and understands the predicament of being on a planet of zombies. doesn't play hit songs to disturb their meal. Constantly on the search for a restaurant that plays the sound of leaves. Is watching the end of magic all around them. Waste the moment when they have a companion over and don't have to entertain them. Waste the moment when someone comes over and takes them into magic immediately. Awaits the arrival of the birds in the morning to pray with. Picks up the remains of people's trash on the landscape. Never does little balance drop cares on to the landscape. Finds that their life path is to preserve magic. Their life path is to preserve wild land.
is unable to not be affected by coffee. And lastly, often enjoys classic furniture more than humans. some food for thought mm-hmm uh, this is long so we're just gonna dive right into this uh, Steve Allen Henry Morgan interview you may wish to um, go to YouTube and check out the day I, I have decided that the David Letterman interview he it's not necessary he does discuss it here and you can go back if you're curious and see it for yourself on YouTube so we are just gonna move forward with this and uh, well I'm sure I will kick in here and comment and what have you so uh, let's get the ball rolling oh that's the news at one I'm Michael Isaac WNEW news on the Steve Allen show <laughs> A few minutes after one at WNEW, a little later this hour, ask Dr. Allen, and of course our special guest, Henry Morgan, and here is Steve Allen. Well, Dr. Morgan will help Dr. Allen, perhaps uh, as a co-consultant in some of these uh, <coughs> complaints and inquiries that we will accept a little bit later. Henry was down with us on the sidewalk at the corner of 42nd and 3rd a few minutes ago, and he lingered down there apparently uh, after we left. How was it down there? I will tell you how it was down there, but first I want to put in a tiny comment on uh, about your newscaster who was just on the air. Mr. Lysak, yes. Yes, he said it was delightfully warm. Now, the word delightfully is an opinion. I just want to hear the news. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In other words, an Eskimo might not find this temperature so delightful. I'm not delighted. I like cool weather. I see. If he's delighted, that's all right, but let him save that for when he gets home. All right. Now, down on the corner, it yes. was... You know, Steve, I've often envied your ability to talk to anybody and get laughs. <laughs> anybody. I can't get laughs out of my wife, but, you know, a good part of the time. But watching on the sidewalk reminded me of the days when you used to do what I thought was one of the great things in television, when you walked among the audience. Yes. With no preparation, no remote idea of what's going to happen to you. And that's something you do so magnificently, and there's, um, uh, there doesn't seem to be a place for that. I wish you would invent one. <laughs> well, the, the David Letterman show is one place Come for it at the on. moment. But, uh, no, actually, no, as Mark was do saying you earlier... you think David Letterman's amusing? Truly. No, I don't... No, no, no. See, you that's know, unfair. The, the difference that's is... Unfair. Now it Ask is. me. All right. 
Henry, do you think they would let him into music? No, sir. All right. But, you know, the difference nowadays is when someone would walks into... Would you please keep out of this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a guest. Is There's it? another thing. I, <laughs> they were talking about uh, uh, your newscaster. Now, they all do this, all sports people. Uh, the Mets are hosting somebody. Yes. Now, if you're the host, are you going to try to kill your guest? No. <laughs> you would Mets lose do. gracefully, right? <laughs> the Mets have, you know, we're, the, we're the, the host, right? Yes. Now, look out, kid, because we're going to knock your head off. What kind of hosting is that? Very poor hosting indeed. Yes, indeed. Okay. Thank you. So that's two well, things I'm right about finished. Are the calls coming in yet? <laughs> <laughs> David Letterman is on the line just a moment ago. David Letterman, I don't understand. It, it may be old age on my part. No, I think he has a genial charm. He he looks as if he would make a nice brother-in-law. I mean, if you had a brother sister... Brother-in-law, okay. Yes. Okay, but I, I have a brother-in-law of whom I'm fond, but I don't want to watch him on television. <laughs> <laughs> no, he has a, a likability. He does. I, I, so it appears to me. Is that what we need in the world, is just likability and no talent? Well, I wouldn't say he has no talent. I would. All right, that's twice that you... Because <laughs> whatever the talent he has, if it exists, escapes me. Well, and I'm literate. I, You know, I read. You raise an interesting question, which is, of course, what you do for a living. You always raise interesting questions. And that relates to a point I have made repeatedly, that although some talk show hosts are and or have been talented... Nevertheless, it does not at all require talent to host a talk show. So I think you're on my side, and you're sneaky about it. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I find David funnier, obviously, than you do. But the point is, there See, are... I, I Carson is a wit. Yes. He's a legitimate, witty man. He, he ad-libs funny things, yes. Yes, he do. Yes. I have never heard Letterman ad-lib anything funny, and he has 12 writers. Their names come up on the screen, and I wonder, uh, what do they write? Well, I only see the show about once every six months, so I, I'm not an expert on that subject, but uh, everyone to his own opinion. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, one of the things There's that another one on who's worse than he is. Who that? Can't think of his name. He's this old-time stand-up... Uh, old-time, new-time stand-up... David com. Brenner? Brenner. Ah. Him out... Out, dead, dead. Really? Well, now he is witty. You, you. He's witty. I have seen him. What am I, an imbecile here? I, <laughs> no, truly, I, um, I'm an amateur in the wit game. No, you are a, a noted wit. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'll make a note. Uh, but truly, it, 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 it bothers me tr tremendously because I think maybe I'm, I'm aware of the generation gaps, etc. Um, but are they using a language I don't know? Uh, some of them are, but but I find a lot of the younger comedians very funny. We had yes, some, Martin some Short, who was here last week. Beautiful. Good. Okay. So it's not a generation gap. You do find some very young oh, people yes. very funny. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Then then rule out the generation thing. Okay. Okay, good. I feel better. Billy Crystal <laughs> is you, very... Doctor. Billy Crystal is very clever. And verges on genius. Yes, sometimes. brilliant. Brilliantly funny. Very yes. original kinds of stuff. Oh, thank goodness. I, I, I'm, you're putting things back in balance, and I feel a lot nicer. How do you feel about Pee Wee Herman, since you're delivering yourself of these opinions? He's not going to like him. Really? <laughs> Henry slipped from his chair. Which camera am I facing? <laughs> <laughs> Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> I told you. You, you. you use language like that in front of me? <laughs> well, Pee I took a shot. He exists. Yes. He exists. I thank the good Lord that he's allowed to exist. I'm allowed to exist. All right. He doesn't come to my house. I don't go to his house. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's hard to judge I him. I would like to make a public statement. Very He's well. never coming to my house, and <laughs> I'm never going to his house. So it shall Thank be... Thank you, Pee Wee Herb. Duly noted. 
as whenever possible. I try not to pre-listen to things like this before I present them. Or like if it's a Gene Shepard show I'm presenting. I probably heard it sometime in the past, but I don't preview it like right immediately. So this is like, so it's like I'm listening right along with you wherever we meet in some future time, which that's a, that is a good artifice to work with with this stuff. And this is great. This is, I am so glad I saved it for uh, that and used it in this manner because this is like pure, delicious Henry Morgan of like later days especially. I mean, this is the kind of attitude that I think eventually ran him out of the game shows that uh, he did and was best known for, I suppose, in my era. Uh, he was on like What's My Line and maybe a couple of others here and there. And just that quote-unquote acerbic wit of his. And he pulls no punches and he makes some very... Uh, interesting and probably valid points about comedy and comedians uh, all of which are this is just a superb piece of history here because we have steve allen who uh some of you may not know was the original host for all intents and purposes of the original tonight show and uh hence he, that's why the ratings of various comedians and especially hosts of uh, talk shows. And uh, his points about Letterman, sour grapes perhaps. But again, you have the opportunity to see his appearance on Letterman, which I will quickly uh, give my analysis, my five-star analysis. Uh, I think when the... Uh, when Henry Morgan was booked on David Letterman, he Letterman was thinking more the uh, Henry Morgan that was on the game shows, and maybe he'd heard some of the old radio shows, maybe not. And he was just expecting something other than what he wound up with sitting opposite him. And when it wasn't working, apparently he didn't bring him back after the commercial. And you can judge whether you would have or not would have, but uh, that, like I say, the segment is absolutely—it uh, is not a good appearance. By I mean, poor Henry apparently has had some sort of uh, accident, and he's wearing this big bandage with the broken glasses. Yeah, uh, if that doesn't entice you to stop this right here and run over to YouTube, uh, let's just proceed from here. Now, it's a little tough to judge. He's named after his parents. Uh, his father was P and his mother was Wee or something like that. It, it could be. Or the other way around. Yeah, <laughs> he is a little hard to judge as I was P. about. <laughs> 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 Who was the baby in Popeye? Pee-wee? Sweet, sweet pea. Sweet, sweet pea. Yeah. Sweet pea, Herman. That might have been more fitting. But uh, that's sure, actually a character. He, and stick a nipple in his mouth. That, that is a character he does, just as Bill Dane used to do Jose Jimenez. I understand. So, in other words, that's not was, the real Pee Wee. Uh, uh, no, the real one is a philosopher, a savant, a brain surgeon. Mm -hmm. Yes, a holy yes. man, and so yes, lexicographer, <laughs> calligrapher. 
telegrapher. One of my terrible words. <laughs> you know, one of the things that, that uh, has always annoyed me about crowds, to refer back to the crowd. Why are we getting off Pee Wee Herman? I think we're, we're we, not. We can have a nice time. We're just letting him up to breathe for a minute. <laughs> no, I noticed that... <laughs> Push him down again. <laughs> the first thing that ever bugged me about television when I got into it back around 1949 and 50 was the waivers. There were people in an audience. I saw one. Where did I see one? Oh, this morning. I, I was watching the CBS morning show, and uh, they were handing out Mother's Day roses or peonies or something to the women in the audience who were mothers. Mm -hmm. There was one woman, old woman with glasses, who was totally oblivious to what uh, the people on the show were saying or what was being done. She didn't care. She didn't know from roses or from Mother's Day. She was transfixed by her, the sight of her face on the screen, the studio TV monitor, and she began to wave at herself. <laughs> I was puzzled in 1949 as to why people would wave Did at themselves. Did you know that woman in 1949? She looks very familiar. The way she waved, or wove is in the past tense, uh, looked very familiar, distressingly so. I, the, reason, the point of these unseemly ruminations is that downstairs, where we didn't even have a camera, I saw two people waving. <laughs> they figured there might be a camera in a window or something. But why do people wave? I, I've seen train wrecks with bodies strewn about the you know, Vermont underbrush, and there's a, a concerned young man with a trench coat saying, well, so far, 42 bodies have been pulled from the wreckage, and he's interviewing a police chief who says, well, I don't think we're going to find any more in there. And behind them, they're idiots smiling and waving. Well, well there was that uh, dismal modern artist who said that everybody will be famous for 15 minutes, mm -hmm. and people have now boiled it down to about eight seconds. So if they can get on the show and wave... Eight seconds is yeah. enough. I was on television, you know, right. I hope you, my friends and neighbors yeah. saw So their friends can say, hey, I seen you on the train wreck. Yes. Did you <laughs> see me waving? Yes. Among the bodies? Oh, yes. <laughs> we have to stop for a minute, and then we'll continue with Steve Allen and Henry Morgan on WNEW. Garden State Dining proudly presents New Jersey's finer restaurants. At La Petite Dauberge, the preparation and presentation of fine food is an art. You'll find a world-class wine list and the very finest French cuisine prepared by Master Chef Jean Breck and served in an elegant atmosphere. You'll love La Petite Auberge, fine French cuisine in Creskill. For delicious German cuisine, visit King's Ransom in Waldwick. They specialize in fresh seafood and veal dishes, expertly prepared and served in a warm and inviting setting. Banquet facilities are available and there's live entertainment every weekend at King's Ransom in Waldwick. For authentic Cantonese, Sichuan, and Polynesian cuisine, it's Lee's Hawaiian Islander. Enjoy barbecued shrimp, lobster, their famous poo-poo platter, and at their Clifton and Lindhurst locations, a Polynesian Schmorgas Luau at Lee's Hawaiian Islander. Enjoy fine Italian seafood at moderate prices at Piccolissimo. Specialties like shrimp primavera and lobster fra diavolo served in the beautiful glassed-in garden cafe. Piccolissimo has Mulberry Street charm, but they're located on Palisades Avenue, Fort Lee. We're here at Sears celebrating the Sears Day sale. With savings throughout the entire store. Like the biggest Levi sale of the season on men's Levi Action Slacks. Save $8. Now only $19.99. Men's Levi knit shirts and jeans are on sale too. Levi sale ends Saturday the 11th. So hurry in for men's Levi Action Slacks at just $19.99. A sale as great as its name. What's that name? Sears Day sale. There's more for your life at Sears. 
throughout history, people with vision have made some incredible deals. 1626, the Dutch purchased the island of Manhattan for $24. 1905, Harry Harrison buys two priceless Van Goghs for $5. Mother's Day, 1987, Bob Spofford buys his wife a Polaroid 50th anniversary kit, then gets a 600 series camera up to $10 off, coupons worth up to $30, and two free packs of film. This offer ends July 4th, so hurry to your Polaroid dealer, because there's no telling when history will repeat itself. One shot went into the ceiling, the other shot hit Jake, and he fell dead. What went on that day in Rochelle Fine's attic? Did she kill her husband, or did her lover pull the trigger? When Jake would go to work, he would come down and visit. Today at 4.30 on Channel 2, an adulterous affair takes a deadly turn. Now, who'll pay on Superior Court? Before Jake could do anything, Art pulled a gun out of his pocket. It's Killers on Trial Week on Superior Court. Today at 4.30 on Channel 2. Then, do you wear braces on your teeth or know someone who does? Well, smile. Today at 5 on Channel 2 News, Earl Duvel shows you the latest thing in dental wear, invisible braces. Then at 5.30, what's the latest craze among movie stars? Tatum O'Neill and L.A. Law's Corbin Burson will tell you. Plus at 6, is a Bronx company dumping dangerous, toxic chemicals into our city sewer system? Arnold Diaz takes you on a Target 2 investigation tonight on Channel 2 News. This is Mark Simone. Join me Sunday nights at 6 for the Nat King Cole Hour. There's only one Sunday night from 6 until 7, an hour of Nat Cole, brought to you by Capital EMI and Record World, here on WNEW New York. It's 17 after 1 at WNEW. Here's Steve Allen. Thank you very much, and that means here's Henry Morgan. Thank you very much. Henry and I are old friends. Uh, I do not remember the instance of our initial meeting. Do you? No reason you should. Uh, hmm. No, I don't. No. Okay, that makes two of us. I don't remember how I met anybody that I know except my wife, because I met her in rather odd circumstances, and my mother. <laughs> I suppose we could all say that. Hmm. But, uh... I remember when, um, before you and Jane were married, I drove you someplace one day in somebody's car, maybe mine, maybe yours. It's an odd memory. And you know why I remember it? Why? Because Jane had already gotten into the habit of making notes. You know what a magpie you are, by you know, you think you want to write it down. Right. And uh, you, you, Jane had gotten into the habit, so I guess um, I was a little late on the scene. You'd already trained her. Ah, she I must see. Must have been going together two or three days. <laughs> I No, I do recall, uh, and it, it's a recollection that would relate to you, because... It was the night, the very first night she was ever on the I've Got a Secret program, and you were on it uh, seated beside her for a good many years, fellow panelists. So that's how it all fits together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then I remember you came on, and I objected on the grounds that, of course, we'd been on with Gary Moore for so many years that mm -hmm. you know, it was home. And I thought that you were in error because... Oh, I won't say this. <laughs> you must. No, I won't. I never thought that that was the wisest career decision I made. For, for those who don't know what we're talking about, after I did the late night show, 62, 63, 64, then for the next three years, 65, 66, 67, 
I hosted the I've Got a Secret show, flew into New York every two weeks, tape one, did one live. And all the way through that, I, I wondered, you know, the money's nice and the workers are snapped, but maybe this is not the hippest thing for me to do. And I, as I look back, I think it was not. Maybe you had the same sense. Uh, yes. <coughs> all right. What Shall should you have been doing? Something huh? more? What should you have been doing for those three years? Well, a comedy show or, you know, talk show or something like that. Or writing another thousand songs. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know. Um, you have some questions there? No, I was just uh, glancing at, at some notes. We have uh, this uh, strange spectacle now of a garbage... It's not a garbage scow, is it? Is there barge. any other kind of a scow? It's a barge. barge. A barge is a scow, really. All right. Would you look up scow, uh, yes. please? <laughs> and we'll... And if it comes out barge, forget it. Okay. But if it doesn't, there'll be... They're both shallow. All hell to raise. It's, it's a comedy thing now. People, You see people sitting at home, and suddenly they show a picture of that poor scow or barge, and everybody goes, oh. But, you know, it's a tragedy because all over the country people are running out of places to put garbage. Dreadfully serious problem. But I think the, the fate of the garbage boat, it's, uh, I think Aaron Spelling could start a new series called Garbage Boat. Or Scow. <laughs> uh, yes, with some of the same people that were formerly connected <laughs> with Love Boats. They could have a bartender. You remind me of something for, for, for no re good reason. Uh, <laughs> you know how feminists uh, want to change man to either woman or person. Yeah. Like chairperson. Or humankind. Or how whatever. about garbage person? Suppose you have a lady who picks up garbage. Is she... <laughs> <laughs> a bag lady. You can't say a garbage man. No. Garbage I mean, person. That reminds me of a joke from the 1920s. Post, post, we had a town I lived in, a postmistress. I said, you know, you can't see postman because she doesn't, doesn't deliver the mail. She's mm -hmm. the postmistress. Mm -hmm. so somebody said, where does that come from? I said, well, ask the postman. He has some arrangement there. <laughs> <laughs> and the two of them were having a nice yes. time. Yes. We have a commercial over there, too. Oh, you, that, that I should deliver? Mm -hmm. All right. Would you rather I did it? I, I won't fool around with it. Really? All right. We're, we're living dangerously. First of all, let me tell you what it is you're getting into. Oh, yes. I had the pleasure of meeting a charming young lady out in the hall not three days ago. Her name is Melanie Snyder, and she has this uh, company called Melanie Snyder Interiors. Oh, I don't want to do that. You don't want to do that? No. Oh. You were looking for Campbell's soup? Or? You do it. I, uh, you're, you're good at that. All right. I think Melanie's probably breathing a little easier right now. You know, you can't say decorator anymore. They're interior designers. Ah, all right, get a load of this, folks. Decorator, decorator, decorator. Designer, designer. All right, fine. <laughs> now, she has gone as far afield as Philadelphia and Los Angeles. That's pretty far afield. To, to, She's looking for a living room. To ply her wares. But Melanie Snyder Interiors offers busy men and women a solution to home decorating problems. For those who want their homes to reflect good taste, but don't have Reflected the... Reflect it or show it? Both. Okay. In the afternoon sunlight when it slants in, there could be some actual reflection. But uh, we're talking about people who either don't have <laughs> Boy, the time... I wish you were my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Go out and commit a crime. I'll be there. Don't have the time or the know-how or just don't have the good taste. All you have to do is call <laughs> Melanie Snyder in New York at 212-838-8333 or in Westchester at 914-946-5900. It's very easy. You receive an extensive consultation. Room measurements are made and fed into a computer, and a plan is drawn. With this computer plan, you can plot furniture placement and then choose fabrics and colors. Melanie will even refer you to the best workmen to do the job, and they're not easy to find anymore. So whether we're talking about one room, the whole house, or even your kitchen and bath, it's all worry-free with Melanie Snyder Interiors of White Plains, New York. 
Her work is presently featured, by the way, at the prestigious Sands Point Showcase on Long Island, now through June 7th. So call her at 914-946-5900 or 212-838-8333. That's 838-8333. Melanie Schneider Interiors, designer assistance without designer prices. Yeah, whether or not to leave the commercials, that I, I only thought for a minute. Uh, this is a, a document of 1987 being re-preserved and commented on in 2022. And th- yeah, this is a marvelous document on so many levels. And uh, I, I, even some good laughs, which we all need. Uh, Henry Morgan is just, oh boy, a personality. They don't have such, I mean, when they have a personality like this, is he a caricature? Am I just appreciating something that really, I mean, and when he's critiquing, say, a Pee Wee Herman, no, I, I, you can really tell he's like this, and this is an inflation of his real personality or what he would be like in real life it's just bigger like some professional wrestlers they say before they started being like totally scripted we're just being themselves and pumping it up a little like a radio dj would do or something like that but yeah we are uh going through the uh career and we've covered quite a bit of ground this is literally 40 years after the radio program that we listened to and uh, what another five years on the one that we listened to on the show before so we have covered a span of 45 years in the man's uh, career and this i think is um towards the end this may be his last appearance on any main media type of uh, situation right here on the Steve Allen show and uh, yeah we'll get back you are whatever was posted on YouTube in its entirety which is as far as I know all that we have we're getting right here the important documents uh, in the history of popular culture on your Quakeversal satellite Bring on fire with desire, object not at hand. Brainstem caught on the barbed wire, yet I understand. Some thoughts simply won't retire, they only expand. Ethics drown in the quagmire, sifting, shifting sand. On the barbed wire, yet I understand Some thoughts simply won't retire, they only expand 
Ethics drown in the quagmire, sifting, shifting sand. Henry Morgan is famous for a number of things, and one... Mainly, you know what it is? <coughs> what? Staying alive. <laughs> That's true. You and John Travolta. Exactly. I saw you on the sidewalk before. I thought, boy, George, we started on the sidewalk and we're ending on the sidewalk. <laughs> but besides survival, Henry is famous for having good-natured fun with his commercials. Who were, who were some of the early clients that you had, seriously? Because you were one of the groundbreakers of this kind of horsing around with commercials. Yeah. Maybe uh, the groundbreaker, for all I know. Uh, as far as we know... Um, the only other person who ever f truly fooled around was Arthur Godfrey. Right. But I started uh, about two years before he did. Mm -hmm. Not He didn't copy me. He was in Washington. I was in New York. I remember his better than I remember mine because he had a furrier who had a dirty polar bear or something out on the sidewalk. <laughs> and he used to talk about that dirty polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> right. I had Adler shoes, Adler elevator shoes. Oh, yes. Now you can be taller than she is. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that threw me right off the cliff because um, <laughs> what do you do when you get home? You take your shoes off and she finds out, you know. <laughs> it's, 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 but it's old shoes, strangely enough. Yes. Um, I lost a couple of accounts. One notably was Lifesavers. What could you have said about Lifesavers that they took uh, exception to? I said that you buy a package of Lifesavers and then you go home and you unwrap it and you find that the middles are gone. <laughs> they have mulcted you. This is the word this client got Mulked. Yeah. I've never heard that word since, by the way. Mm -hmm. It went right out of fashion that night, except with him. Now, he was an interesting man. His name was John Noble, and he owned Lifesavers, and mm -hmm. he used to listen to these commercials, and he canceled. And a couple of years later, I was working on the ABC <laughs> network, and Mr. Noble was the owner of the network by then, mm -hmm. and it was a Christmas party for... There, eh, who's around? And Mr. Noble came over to me, and he said, Do you know... I've never been certain that your method of selling is wrong. Ah, how nice of him after the battle is over. He's not certain that it's wrong. Yes, but that's as far as he could go to that's apologize. That's as far as he could go, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I had fun with, with, with a lot of... Um, so what they did, ultimately, the clients who understood the value of it, mm -hmm. it was based on a very simple premise. I never had to think it out. See, I used to be an announcer. Mm-hmm. Which was boring, because you if you had a commercial, you did the same words day after day, day after day. Yes. And I started to kid around with the real stuff when mm -hmm. I was still an announcer. Ah. And that didn't work too well with the uh, staff, mm -hmm. the, the boss, whatever. Yeah. And are you interested in this at all? You know, yes. You were in what city at this time, Philadelphia? New York. New York. Right. Yes. See how interested I am? Yes, you're awake. <laughs> allegedly. There's a word I like, allegedly. Yes. Alleged perp. <laughs> uh, they say allegedly after the guy's in jail you know mm -hmm. he's about it on the way to the chair the alleged yes. murderer a jury says he's a murderer yes. also says he's still alleged yeah. so the boss said you've got to get that out of your system because it's you know lousing up some of our stuff here so they gave me 15 minutes a week mm -hmm. on Saturday morning as they said to get it out of my system but I didn't have any commercials ah so my major work was taken from me. I see. The, the sponsors were afraid to jump in for fear you would beat it their brains out? It was unknown quantity, and I, um, um, <coughs> I had to make up stuff. Mm. Just loony stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, it was against radio. <laughs> yes. I used radio as my straight man. And very effectively, too. Yeah. You were, you were a, a groundbreaker, a pathfinder. Uh, 
They uh... later died. <laughs> oh, I am so glad that my ears were perked up for that moment where Henry Morgan said, later died on the Steve Allen show in 1987. I wish Jimbo were here to hear that. I, I mean, for those of you in the know, that is an Uncle Fletcher, Vic and Sade reference. You may resume the uh, interview now, Steve. <laughs> no, some of your uh, jokes, many of your jokes are uh, persist to this day. One of your famous weather report, the weather tomorrow muggy, followed by toogie, weggy, and thirty. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Many people have... Uh, Too bad you forgot it, but I uh, <laughs> live with it. <laughs> or, well, there were, there were a lot of them. That, uh, that, was, that was something that hit people because everybody then, as now, mm -hmm. takes the weather quite seriously. Yes. Even though repeated experience tells us that the weatherman does not know whereof he speaks. Mm -hmm. Or speaketh uh, very often. He said, rain, and they show you charts, and they show you big... The weather maps, to me, are in a form of insanity. Here, I don't know how much of the New York uh, television you see in the evening. They have different colored boxes all over the map of the United States. <laughs> Red boxes, green boxes, the yellow boxes. Nobody's ever told me what they mean, and if I did know what they meant, since there are a hundred of them yeah. up there... Would you care? What I, what I, could I figure it out? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no way! Yeah. I said, hey, look at all them yellow boxes up there. <laughs> Look at all them red boxes. Now the guy starts to talk about the weather in Idaho. I don't care. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I truly don't. This is a profound not caring. Sure, 12 people in New York are going to Idaho today. They care. So It'll the other, change by the other 14 million are just that bored. It doesn't make any difference. And that weather isn't necessarily coming here. It always goes blows <laughs> out to sea over Nahant. Yeah. I, I feel more strongly about the goofiness of a very high percentage of the people who do the weather on television. Ah, uh, do you? I'd like to hear from you on this subject. Well, I don't want to name names because I don't like to harm individuals. Right. I would slap them in the face if I saw them. No, seriously. Who, where is it written, as we say, that you must hire a goofola to deliver the weather on an otherwise respectable newscast? Yeah, why is, and some of them think they're comics. Oh, my God. Yes, some of them are painfully embarrassing. Yes. And, and uh, every place I go, if I'm in a saloon, a restaurant, somebody's house at a party, and one of those goofola weather people is on, everybody says the same thing. They always say things like, God, what an idiot. What a jerk. Does he think he's funny? You bring up something. Yeah. When you go to someone's home, do they put television on? <laughs> Upon rare occasion. <laughs> You're kidding. I mean, after dinner, if it's a big party, you know. No fooling. Just so we I can hear the weather. Go to anybody's house. <laughs> That's absurd. I, my gosh. Well, of course, we only know four people. <laughs> and it's between my wife and me. That's, you know, summing up all our friends together. We wouldn't dream of turning on television. Well, there's something... What are the people there for? To talk. It's <laughs> old-fashioned, I admit. To talk to each other. Well, yes. we, they're just not the television on all night. But upon the rare occasion when it is on, some goofy old weatherman <laughs> will spoil my whole evening. <laughs> we have to stop for a message or two. Oh, no, we don't. To hell with you, Mark. I've got the bit in my <laughs> teeth, and I'm running down 42nd Street with it. <laughs> they're doing it to you. They're doing it to you. All right, Mark. We're, you're, you're the boss. Well, you need w. Hi, I'd like to give my impression. Yes. Of? Hello, big boy. Why don't you come up and see me sometime? Maria Uspenskaya, ladies and gentlemen. 
<laughs> no, that's very, very cute, Mae West. Why is it that, that I guess Mae West would probably be the number one impression that... And Peter Lorre. Yes, that's a, another big one, too, but Mae West is always popular. She's actually number two. The most popular is M uh, Marcel Marceau. <laughs> well, I have a story with that. That's why. My grandmother had met Mae West two years ago, of course. Mm -hmm. And my grandmother was about 4'11 and blonde and nice build on her. And Mae West came up to her and said, uh, oh, oh, a smaller version of me. Ah, how cute. Although Mae West wasn't much taller. No, no, but I think she was a little more zastic than my grandmother was. <laughs> what is your name? My name is Ardine. Ardine. Yeah. Well, well, that was a very good impression, Ardine, and thank you for helping us out today. WNEW. Yeah, hi, Mark. I wanted to give you a couple of Arabic song titles if I could. Arabic song titles. Okay, somebody write these down. Now, here they come. Okay, uh, from the Broadway show of the same name, Amon for All Seasons. <laughs> very good. Amon for All Seasons. Terrific. Okay, and uh, how about a couple of songs from uh, the capital of Saudi Arabia? All right. Don't Make Me Blue. What was that again? Don't Make Me Blue. Uh, I don't get it. Don't Make Me Blue. Uh, we're a little vague on that one, sir. Okay, how about the Mecca Mouse Club? Very good. Mecca Mouse Club. Very good. We've got one more, Steve. Okay. How about I ran all the way home? <laughs> very good. Between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> That's very good. What is your name? Uh, my name is Danny Rondo. Danny, you're very clever. Thank you for calling. WNEW. Yes, I have an impression for you of Billy Halep, one of the original Dead End Kids. A very rare impression. Billy Halep. Okay. Ready? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, here we go. Honest, father. I didn't mean nothing by it, see? <laughs> I don't want to kill him, father. He grabbed me. Very convincing. Very <laughs> convincing. And your name is? Uh, Billy Garen. Billy Garen? Yes. Okay. Was your, uh, did you ever have a relative who was a song plugger? Um, no. No, I didn't. I see. Because I knew one of the old days called Tubby Garen, one of the real old timers. Okay. Well, that's a very good Billy Halp. That's you're, you're specifically doing I have a Frank Morgan for you, too. Oh, I love Frank Morgan. One of my great favorites as a performer was Frank Morgan. I love Frank Morgan as a wizard of Oz. Yes, silliness and dignity. As for you, my friend, you want a heart. Just remember that hearts are not judged by how much you love, but by how much you are loved by others. Very good impression. Mm. Very good. And you're the first to do Frank Morgan for us. Okay. And your name again? Billy Frank. He's also the first to do Billy Hallop. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Garen. Okay, Steve. WNEW. I have an Arab song title. Another Arab song title, all right. Lebanon, a jet plane. <laughs> <laughs> Lebanon, a jet plane. I hope somebody's marking these down, Barbara Maticata, out in the hall. All right, very good, sir. WNEW. Yes, I have an impression of um, Johnny Mathis. An impression of Johnny Mathis in but your you, name? You have, to, you have to visualize him singing on a TV and somebody listening to the for the first time not knowing whether their TV is at a sink. All right. Good point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. 
Very good, <laughs> sir. That's very creative, as well as a good impression. There was a little added uh, level of information there. Well, I, uh, I thought you might need this. <laughs> we need every bit of help we can get. Yes, I know, and I'm trying, and I keep calling every day, but the phone is busy, and uh, uh, I, I don't know what more I can do for you guys. I mean, you know, I, I request your album from California, and you played it the next day. Ah. Uh, you know, I'm feeding you. I'm the straight man for this whole organization. <laughs> What's your name again? Joe Loitano. Joe Loitano. Well, we're happy to have you with us again today, Joe. Thanks for calling. WNEW. Hi. Yes. Uh, wow, I'm actually on the radio. Uh, I want to do my impression of Gandhi. Uh, Mahatma Gandhi, Mohandas? Yes. All right, Mahatma, uh, Mahatma, <laughs> my hat, my cane, I'm leaving. All right, so you're on. Yes, well, well, I'm very, very happy to see you, and I'm very, very happy to be in this country. I came from India, but now I run a, a uh, cigarette stand in Queens, and I sell them to, to uh, pregnant Chinese ladies. Thank you. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> Thanks. Very good uh, English uh, Indian accent. <laughs> Bahrain, buddy in the rain. For you old timers out there. <laughs> Song titles at random. All right. Is this Steve Allen? Why would we lie? Of course You're it is. Right. Okay, my name is Herb Roffus. I'm calling from... Oh, you're going to start the call over now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know who I had. That's I'm all right. calling from Middlesex, New Jersey. Listen, it takes all kinds. It's all right with me. One of the songs is, I'm always chasing beer foam. I'm always chasing beer foams, all right. Red sails on a sunfish. Red sails on a sunfish. How are these Arabian? Uh, they're well, not. They're not Arabian. Oh, no, no. He's about three weeks behind with our category. <laughs> that's a, Thanks that's for right. calling. Get back in your car, quick. <laughs> Here they come. <laughs> the new toys in a space travel age, how to play for rocket balloon. This is originally written in Japanese, translated, I guess, word for word into English. And then it is four steps. They're called one step, two step, three step, four step. One step. Put attached plastic pipe half into balloon to help blowing easier. <laughs> <laughs> Two-step, blow up slowly from opposite end. Three-step, take off inserted plastic pipe and let it fly to upside. Wait a minute, could I hear number two again, please? <laughs> yes, blow up slowly from opposite end. Uh-huh. All right. Number uh, Three-step, take off inserted plastic pipe and let it fly to upside. Four-step, keep flying to the sky and sounding like rocket do. Could I hear number two again, please? <laughs> Not on my time. <laughs> you know, some amazing things have instructions. If you look on the a bo box of a light bulbs, they Are have you instructions. Him or, or no, it's a free country. People can come up on the street and ask me questions. That I understand. <laughs> Shampoo, for instance, has instructions on the side. Really? Well, look what they give you as instructions. As I'm here, I prefer to hear either me or you, <laughs> because I am a fan of yours. In fact, as people sometimes say, I'm your number one fan. Oh, it sounds to me like, a, like a, an oriental thing. Yeah. Welcome, number one fan. Uh, uh, number, may I hear number two again? <laughs> I had an instruction. This, this is a, a true and very dull but short All right. story. Shredded wheat. I eat shredded wheat, mm -hmm. uh, spoon size. Of course, it says spoon size. They don't know what kind of spoon I use. I use, happen to have a very small spoon. But uh, it has a little picture of the queen on it, or Princess Di. Mm -hmm. It's a, one of those three spoons. <laughs> and, uh, but I, you know, I do the best. So uh, on the box it says, best eaten before this, uh, May 3rd, or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
do you know that the day that I opened this thing, it was May 3rd? No kidding. And I, yes, and I thought the holding sign would have turned, you know, into Greece or something. Yeah. No. How do they make up their minds that it, by May 3rd, uh, you know, because it was all, I didn't get sick or anything. They take the uh, date of uh, release from the factory. Yes. They probably add six months to it, that's simply. Yeah. And uh, that's how they decide. That's not what I think. I think, Steve. All right. There is a man, uh, he's called a timer. Mm -hmm. And he sits there in the factory and he stares at shredded wheat mm -hmm. until it really does go wherever shredded wheat goes. Yes. And then he reports to upstairs. How old said, it was when, it, when yes. that happened. Yeah, he and said, then listen, they... it was Tuesday and I was, for a moment my, my, I looked out the window and I looked back, the shredded wheat disintegrated and become, what, salami, or yeah, right. whatever happens to it. Sure. Fungus. Fungus, probably. Spores all over. Ah, spores. Ah, now you got it. Thing flying off. That's all. I have nothing further on this subject. Yes, but I do. Our two hypotheses are thing. not mutually exclusive. One moment. I'll get back to your problem, doctor. <laughs> the other thing it says on the box, for low-sodium snacking. Yes. Or low-salt snacking. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a letter to Shredder Week. I said, I don't have any low-salt in the house. How can I go low-salt snacking? Mm -hmm. We don't eat low-salt. We don't eat salt, as a matter of fact. Yes. I'm sure you don't either. You've been Not, not bear years. salt. No, you no. disguise it. You wrap it or meat you around it or something. You still do that stuff you used to do about eating nuts and fruit all the time? Uh, what did I used to do about that? I remember when you were on a show, uh, you used to have a board. Then you used to lie down on the board. Slam board. Te teeter -totter. But there were no nuts or fruit on the board. Yes, you did. You you lay on the board with your feet up in the air eating nuts. That's true. They were dropped into my yap while I was down there by a did yap it do dropper. Did you any good? I mean, did you live or what? <laughs> or what, basically. No, the, the lying down part of it had great value and does to this day. Do you still do that? Oh, yes. It gets more blood into your brain if you slant your body. What so do you do with more blood in your brain? <laughs> it comes out my ears. gets all over my shirt. But That's game trooper that I am, I yes. jump up and I look like I had a fight in an Irish saloon. People don't want to look at you, but they, they, right. they, they, they cough a little and pretend they don't see it. They'll, they avert their gaze. How are you, uh, <clears throat> Steve? Oh, the blood coming out of your ears. No, I I, I, oops, I didn't mean to say that. No, it does revive your energy. Now, this it is does. not one of those dumb things that works because you read it in the, the Daily News once or something. It really does work. I was skeptical when I first uh, tried That's it. That's a funny thing you used to do, What's uh, that? reading letters from the Daily News, or well, supposed letters. You know, there were real letters, by the way. You, you, I remember you used to horror them. Yes. Well, they were written in, in white-hot fury, so I read them in that tone. Oh, that was funny stuff. Let's see if we can find one, right? Whatever became of you. Tony, could you find the letters page? There might be a funny... Uh, letter there of some kind. Hee <laughs> hee. I'm laughing in retrospect. I'm a, very, I'm a delayed laugher, or whatever. Well, I think we all are. We hark back. <laughs> hark, hark. <laughs> you find a funny letter, I'll read it. Yes, good idea. We used to do that on the show. I would read a couple, and then if we had a guest, I would jam my fedora down over his ears, <laughs> and he would read a letter, and the audience would go, yeah, yeah. But you know one thing that made it work? The drummer. Quite seriously. That bit requires enormous rim shots. And the American people, bangity, bangity, bang. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the pigeons are flying, raggedy, bang, bang, slap. And without the drummer, it's not nearly that funny. I wonder if people know, when you talk about energy, I wonder if they have the remotest idea of, of your motor activity. Uh, I will now spill the bean. Not a bunch of beans, one bean I think I'll spill. When Steve isn't talking or a commercial's on, do you know what he does? He plays the piano. That's true. He is nothing but a motor. Yes. It's a, it's a, it's a, to me, it's a very offensive because... <laughs> <laughs> I should be talking to you, right? No, no, no. You should be lying on your board, you know, eating <laughs> <laughs> Rose-colored glasses. 
2001, folks. <laughs> well, we'll give you a chance to play the piano a little because we have to stop for a commercial. All right. And then we'll continue with <laughs> Steve Allen and Henry Morgan. I don't like the billet. <laughs> with Henry Morgan and Steve Allen. Uh-huh. On WNEW. <laughs> Fake rimshot. Let me tell you about our neighbors. They're always the first ones to find a great bargain, except this time I'm one step ahead of them. I found a great deal during Zenith's spring clearance sale. First, I went to my local participating Zenith dealer and got a 144-page Rand McNally Road Atlas for only $249, and no purchase was necessary. Then, just for buying any Zenith TV or VCR, I was able to get a beautiful... Yeah, I suspect somebody uh, recorded one side of a cassette tape back in 1987, and thank goodness for that. Uh, but that, that is all we have. In fact, I was thinking even when they went to the phone calls that uh, that they'd quietly uh, slid Henry out the back door or something or the tape had changed what date somebody was recording. But that was a remarkable show. It took over for uh, William B. Williams did a show every day at 11 a.m., on WNEW for years, called the Make Believe Ballroom. And when he passed on, they brought in Steve Allen, and he and uh, his select friends, Mark Simone is uh, the announcer, and Mark Simone uh, is famous for the Simone Foam, which was one of the first in New York market anyways, free-form telephone programs it would just be literally uh, a couple of hours of him playing telephone roulette with New York callers of the day and uh, even though Steve Allen was very politically correct that little bell that you hear from time to time that is his signal that things may be heading towards something a little too spicy, or has already become too spicy, and that's his little quiet uh, way of bringing things back to order on his show. And, And he had some sort of grand piano installed in the studio, that they worked in, which is kind of cool in and of itself. You heard him uh, tinkering around. And Steve Allen is famous for having written like two songs a day, every day for... he. If you ever read, he did a lot of remarkable things. It really is a shame that around the time of this show, uh, he became, instead of the guy who stood up for people like Lenny Bruce... Uh, He became a total, total prude, uh, which would be fine except for the fact that he'd written a million mystery novels that had, you know, pretty spicy sex scenes glommed into the middle for no reason other than that's what one does when one writes a mystery novel. So, I don't know, but he became attached to some religious group that was trying to censor people like Howard Stern. And while now, well, I don't know, censor, cancel, I don't think that's necessary. Just because Howard Stern has evolved into something I can't listen to or agree with, I cancel him? That's the thing, I guess, uh, that Whoopi Goldberg, all these people... 
Nobody needs to be canceled. Don't we are no? We don't live in a country where we're forced to watch any host or any program or any network. And just because somebody spouts off their uh, precious opinion and it doesn't match up with whatever status quo or group or what, that doesn't mean somebody should be out of work or off of, you know, doing this thing that they do on YouTube by suddenly somebody who has been you know, scraping by or making a decent amount of money uh, that they've come to rely on because um, they're not with whatever consensus that YouTube and or Google uh, feel they need to be uh, they find themselves well unable to monetize and yeah they can do all kinds of other alternative ways of raising money but that takes that 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 takes the fun out of the creativity when you got to spend time fundraising i don't know I, luckily up to now and who knows i have not had to rely on this show or my music or anything else uh in order to make sure i'm eating from day to day uh i hesitate uh, I realize that going back to last week's Overnightscape Central, I mean, I'm just a little too weird uh, to maintain a demeanor that would permit me to be uh, in the popular realm where I could rely on a day-to-day -day income. I, I'd say if I were doing three, four hours a day of radio, that I'd say something. Something would slip out the cracks uh, and there you go. Goodbye. No, I'll, I am appreciative that Frank provides me with this venue where I pretty much can even say something ridiculously stupid, which I think up to now I've managed to walk along the edge of that. And I mean, you're more than welcome to call me. I, 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 maybe I've, I've been good. I just hesitate because I know uh, many of my opinions and ideas uh, push towards the unpopular side for some people. And it, 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 while some people, I mean, some people take an actual pleasure in doing that. And I think most hosts who are pushing that button, there has to be some part of them that loves getting under people's skins. And while there are specific instances where I don't mind getting under somebody's skin, uh, it's, it's a light, I'm not looking to torment anyone is the point. I mean, oh, I'm just so defensive, it's terrible. Anyways, uh, this was uh, the end of, I think, a great tribute to a great and almost forgotten comedian, Henry Morgan. And again, I invite you to check out his other stuff. And I solicit, if you do, or if you've just listened to this, if uh, you have any thoughts on Henry Morgan you'd like to share. Uh, I'm still a little glowy that he made the Vic and Sade reference. That is just... 
oh man, everything like ties together so neatly sometimes. It, that, that pleases me. So uh, while everything is all tied together really neatly in this moment in 2022, 2-20-2022, say that 10 times fast. Um, let's just uh, cut our losses, enjoy this moment, and set the controls for the heart of the fun. <laughs> 